Welcome everyone to uh, the next edition of the SIDRAP CWD Resource Center podcast. Uh, it's my honor today to uh, have uh, uh, with us uh, really one of the true leaders in the entire area of uh, cervid management and uh, issues around the CWD uh, situation. Uh, today we have Nick uh, Pinizzato, who is the president and CEO of the National Deer Alliance. Uh, Nick is well known to hunters, policymakers, lawmakers, and others around the country uh, uh, in terms of this issue. So uh, thank you and welcome, Nick, to this episode of uh, CWD Podcast. My pleasure to be here, Mike, and uh, that is a very generous introduction. Thank you. Well, it's true. Uh, and, and, you know, I can tell you that uh, in the many different individuals we interface with in the uh, CWD issue, uh, time and time again, your name comes up as one of the wise and thoughtful leaders. So, but having said that, let me come back and ask a very uh, practical and personal question is, uh, given where you're at today, how did you get to your current leadership position in terms of experience and career plans? I, I can't imagine that one day you thought you'd be leading the country uh, here in helping to respond to the issue of CWD. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting story. Um, so my background, my intent when I was first getting out of college and being becoming a real person, if you will, was really more water quality conservation focused. And for the first part of my career, that's what I did. I worked in watershed conservation, stream and river restoration, but was always a very passionate hunter and specifically a deer hunter. And so I did a lot of outdoor writing and some video work and some other things more as a, just as a passion. Uh, and then my career was in watershed conservation and then um, ended up getting a unique opportunity to go up and work for Delta Waterfowl Foundation up in Bismarck, North Dakota, your neighbors. And, um, and was the CEO there for a brief time. And then I went to the Sportsman's Alliance in Columbus, Ohio, where I was the CEO primarily working on anti-hunting, um, issues. So protecting our sport. And that's when the National Deer Alliance was just getting started and they were looking for someone to really pick it up and start it from scratch. And at the time it was just my wife and I. So we said, eh, it's a, it's a pretty big risk because it hasn't been there. You know, there's no, necess no uh, not necessarily sustained funding that we can see, but, you know, I guess that would be in my court to make happen. So let's give it a shot. And uh, literally about three months after I took the job, we found out that we were going to have a new addition to the family. So <laughs> uh, that gave me a little more sense of urgency uh, to to definitely make the NDA into something that was going to help deer hunters uh, and help people that just are enthusiastic about deer. And that was even before CWD became, and not that we didn't know about it, not that it wasn't an issue, but pretty much also at that same time, it sort of spread like wildfire. And uh, so here I am. And in some ways, I feel like um, despite the challenges working with the disease, in some ways, I kind of feel like maybe I was meant to work on it at some level. So um, don't mean to take up too much time, but it's kind of a long story. And that's the Cliff Notes version. Well, I think that's uh, very helpful. And I think uh, obviously your credibility as having grown up hunting in rural Pennsylvania and continuing to hunt also adds uh, an element of credibility. This is not just a theoretical issue for you. This is a real everyday issue, which I think uh, many of our listeners can appreciate that uh, you're speaking from personal experience. So um, 
So let me ask you, you know, the NDA was formally founded in May of 2015. And uh, obviously today we've come to recognize the National Deer Alliance as a, a the leading organization of bringing together uh, the various voices in this issue. So what really inspired the formation of the NDA? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So we have three founding national deer organizations that, that really came together and said, we need someone that's focused pretty much entirely on policy, high level policy that impacts deer, because you've got the Mule Deer Foundation that was only focused on mule deer and primarily on the ground conservation. Uh, Whitetails Unlimited is a, what I would call a rallying organization where they keep deer hunters excited and fired up and they raise a bunch of money and give it out to a lot of people. So they uh, do their conservation in a little bit of a different way, but not policy focused. And then QDMA, Quality Deer Management Association, uh, mostly on the ground conservation work, but also did uh, does do to this day a fair amount of policy work, but focused on white-tailed deer. So there was the lack of this all-encompassing organization that would look after all North American deer species and on that policy level, uh, spending a lot of time in D.C. and on state uh, at state capitals and so on. So uh, that's how it ended up getting started. And then and, and several, uh, if you look at our list of board members and the organizations they represent, industry got involved, state wildlife agencies got involved. And lo and behold, we put together a really nice board and, and put together the organization in early 2015, as you said. Well, and, and I must say that uh, we obviously, uh, from a very practical public health standpoint, looking at the CWD issue, really resonate with your mission uh, to serve as the guardian of wild deer conservation and the heritage of hunting. Uh, we must preserve the heritage of hunting and, and do everything we can to, to support that, as that is such an important part of responding to CWD and the potential for transmission. So the last thing any of us in the public health side would want to do is see any compromise on that hunting issue. So, so clearly, uh, these are two somewhat different uh, organizations, you might say, the NDA and our organized public health groups. But I can't imagine a more strongly aligned uh, priority than what you've laid out here. So that, uh, that's it. So in, in that regard, you know, uh, you obviously deal with this day in and day out. And I know this is an important part of NDA, but why should hunters care about CWD right now? Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a question we get a lot. <laughs> uh, why should I care? And man, there are so many reasons, and I, I don't even know where to start. So let, let's just in general, if you just if you just love hunting and you love deer, I mean that's reason enough. I mean you want to protect that future for yourself. You want to protect that for uh, your friends, your children, people coming behind us who will will hand this sport over to. So there's that part of it. Uh, Conservation-wise, I mean, we we know by looking at the numbers that somewhere between seven and uh, seven and eight of every ten dollars that goes to conservation through hunting license sales, through dollars that come through the Pittman-Robertson excise tax, come from people who hunt big game. So imagine if all of a sudden you had, well, every time we lose. Every time we lose deer hunters, we're losing money that's going not just for conservation of deer, but for conservation of all wildlife. So if you're someone that enjoys watching songbirds out your back window, you need to care about chronic wasting disease because the money that goes to support that largely is coming on the backs of deer and, and other big game, deer and elk. 
And so there's that part of it. And then finally, and this is the part that, that, that you're so in tune with and in, in, in what you're leading there at SIDRAP, and that is the human, the human health aspect of this. I mean, there is just so much, as you're well aware of, that we, that we don't know and need to learn and we need to continue to study and look at trends and see what's happening out there so that we know also that our deer are safe to eat. So, you know, we're encouraging people to test deer and maybe at some point we can confirm that, hey, there's no concern that if you ate a CWD positive deer that it would hurt you. But at the same time, we might find the opposite is true. And so that part of it is also critical. And, and where deer hunters are concerned, we need samples. Uh, we need we need lots of deer shot for conservation purposes, conservation of the landscape, healthy herds. And we also need them uh, so that we can uh, understand where the disease is spread and, and so that also people that get a positive deer right now, the center for disease control says we recommend you not eat a positive deer. So there's that part of it. So it's a lot of parts and it's a long winded answer, but I think all those things are important. No, and I, I, we very much appreciate the leadership you provide in bringing all those together. I feel like some days you must seem as if you're the one person running the O'Hare air traffic control tower, uh, landing lots of planes and, and taking off all at the same time. But, uh, and given that, Really, you have been a leader on the national level in terms of understanding what the federal government is doing or what they're not doing in terms of CWD. Uh, we know a number of our federal colleagues who are working endlessly to deal with this. But the big question is, as a whole, uh, are our policymakers and leaders really responding to CWD in the way that we, uh, we need them to respond right now? You have testified multiple times. Um, you, you are very aware of the legislation. Can you kind of give us a sense right now that um, just where are the federal uh, level leadership on CWD? Sure. And I, I just, I'll take a quick step back though and say that um, I, I'm much less of a leader and more of a, a bus driver, I guess, on this effort. There are a lot of people that have been doing some really good work on Capitol Hill and a lot of other aspects of this disease, including yourself. Um, and I, I really see my job at the National Deer Alliance as being a collaborator to try to make sure people are working together. So if you imagine driving that bus uh, once in a while, the, the kids get unruly and it's trying to keep them back in line, but ultimately guiding toward our destination. Um, and so I'm also unique in that uh, my, my bachelor's degree is, is in conservation, but my master's is actually in psychology. And um, very interested in, in the psychology of this disease in terms of how hunters perceive it. And I'm also trying to continually push for that work because we, it's one thing to know and understand the science, but if we don't have the people, we don't have the hunters and we don't have the backing, then we have nothing. The science doesn't matter. And so that gets then to your, your point about uh, legislative, what's going on in, on the federal level. And I would, I would just describe it as... Um, we're continuing to gain momentum. So, for example, uh, just last Thursday, I spoke at a legislative briefing on CWD on Capitol Hill, right at the Capitol Visitor Center. It was hosted by the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. Um, I was one of the speakers. Brian Burhans, the state or the executive director for the Pennsylvania Game Commission, was on the panel, and Sean Schaefer, uh, the executive director of the National. Uh, excuse me, the North American Deer Farmers Association were all on this panel. And that room was full. There were about 70 people there. Um, one uh, one legislator who's offered a an amendment, uh, VC out of uh, Texas, showed up to talk about his amendment to uh, 
appropriations where we're trying to get some money to help support the states, which was great. There were several legislative staffers there in the conservation community. And I tell that to say, tell that story because even as recently as three years ago, there wouldn't have been anybody at a briefing for CWD because it just wasn't talked about on Capitol Hill. So we've made great strides over the last three years, just getting CWD talked about and understood all the way to the point now where there are nine different bills that are out there to address chronic wasting disease. So that's the first step. We got we have people talking about it. Um, it's we don't have to explain it every time we get in with a legislator and start from scratch. Now the challenge is getting those bills to actually move, get money through appropriations if we can to go out on the landscape and address the disease. And that's really kind of, um, I think, phase two of this larger effort. And given that, and, and I respectfully uh, might uh, add a friendly amendment to your discussion. Yes, you are surely involved with others at the federal level, but I think those of us who have uh, a familiarity with CWD appreciate the coordinating factor that you do uh, provide. And you may say you're just the bus driver, but that bus can't get to the meeting with all of its experts if somebody's not driving it. So, so I would take your analogy and say thank you for what you're doing on this behalf. And in that regard, what do you feel like right now are the priorities of the National Deer Alliance with regard to CWD? How are you prioritizing it within the organization? Yeah, I would say it's funny. I, I just five minutes before we got on here, finished up an article that'll be in our newsletter tomorrow. Uh, it was about the uh, about the luncheon that we did last week, where I mentioned that we spend about 80% of our time on this issue. So when we started back in 2015, one of the first things we did, of course, was put together a strategic plan. And I, I sort of chuckle at this now because um, we're, only, we're only so much in control of our plans. Things can, can change dramatically very quickly. And we had uh, laid out six different priority areas, everything from predator management to habitat and land protection, all these things, uh, hunter access. And Within a year, we recognized really quickly that CWD needed to be our priority. And I, to a credit to my board of directors, they just said, "Listen, like we have the let's you have the green light. Let's just focus on chronic wasting disease. Uh, this is the organization that is we're positioned to do this, to be a leader on policy, to be a collaborator. So let's just go for it." And we have been uh, bought in. Eighty percent might even be small, but I will tell you that there's very few other things that I work on that aren't CWD related at the moment. So given that and given the fact that you have to look at uh, what are the priorities today and tomorrow, but uh, kind of uh, looking into the crystal ball and uh, with your past experience coming together, how would you say 10 years down the road you'd like to see the National Deer Alliance with regard to CWD? Oh, if I could pick anything, I'd wish that our profile was much smaller because we didn't have to work on it as much, that we've made some strides and we've actually been able to do something on the landscape. Um, but generally, I, I really, I, to me, I think our job is to collaborate and it's to keep all of our different organizations and people who want to work on this singing from the same sheet of music. And that's not always easy. When we have our own um, politics and so on among uh, non-government organizations that work on this stuff, people want to make sure that they're getting credit because they have uh, people that support them and their members. And I totally understand that we are, we're also small businesses. So there's that part of it. And I just, I think what I, my goal for NDA really 
as an organization, we don't have a desire to become some giant organization is to just continue to be a good collaborator so that at the end of the day, the most important thing that's happening is we're making progress on this disease and we're making progress on all these multiple fronts that we talked about earlier. I have no other ambitions beyond that other than to make sure we're, we're actually getting something done on the landscape. Great. So I, I just have to ask uh, on, on a light note, many of the conversations regarding CBD obviously have been challenging, but uh, what have you had some of your favorite or most memorable experiences uh, involving this topic since you've gotten involved with it? Anything that's memorable to you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there are a few things. Um, you know, a lot of them kind of come from the public. You get, you get all kinds of interesting things there. There's this whole dynamic that people, first of all, don't want to believe that CWD is real. And they, one of the funniest things that I've heard multiple times, and it's sort of funny, not funny is people that saying, well, this is just a big money maker for everybody. And I just laugh and I say, well, who's making money? <laughs> I mean, nobody makes money on CWD. Everybody loses money. And, and any of us, any one of us in conservation that work on this, we would much rather be working on other things that advance wildlife and not just try to save it. Um, so that's always an interesting one, uh, just the things you get from the public. Um, so um, beyond that, you know, I think uh, there, there were other conversations that I recall that I think were sort of landmark conversations. Like when one of the first meetings we had when the NDA started, we were trying to work with USDA and their herd certification program. And there were a bunch of conservation groups in the room and everyone was talking about how we our conservation voice has never heard on, in, on Capitol Hill when it comes to CWD. And, and I just asked the question, I said, well, what are we doing on Capitol Hill to get our voice heard? And it's like, well, nobody was working on it. So that was a landmark conversation because in that room, we just sort of planted a flag and said, well, that's we're done with that. We have to be up there. We have to be working the issue constantly if we want to make any progress. And that's why we're where we're at now, three years later, as opposed to where we were then. So that's another one that stands out to me. Well, that's a perfect lead into my next question. And uh, we'll close it out here. But uh, given the very important mission of NDA and the work that you're all doing, um, needless to say, membership can always be helpful. So how can we uh, uh, encourage uh, uh, hunters from around the country to join NDA and how, how can they go ahead and join it? Where, where should they go to visit? Uh, yeah, and I appreciate that. So mem our membership is free. So um, again, that goes back to our desire to make sure we don't, we don't want to compete with our other deer organizations out there. We want to just stay small and laser focused. But that being said, there are a lot of benefits to being a member of NDA and you can do that most easily by just going to our website, nationaldeeralliance.com. You click the join button. It'll be right in front of you. And you just give us your email address and your zip code. And you're a member. And every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern, you'll get our newsletter, which we uh, it's called NDA on Watch. And it's kind of like the USA Today of deer news from across the country. And we cover all deer species. And it's not all just uh, hardcore, boring policy stuff. There's also some fun hunting stuff in there. And we uh, we'll, we'll go down the hunting heritage path a little bit, but there's, there are important updates in there. We keep you up to date on what's going on. And then also the reason we want your zip code is because if there's an issue that impacts you locally, we want to contact you through our uh, constituent management system that can do things like have you send a letter to your legislator 
with simply by clicking the mouse two or three times. So we make it easy for you to, to get involved on issues that impact you locally and uh, other deer hunters in your area. So it doesn't cost you a thing. And we do some other cool things. We have a coffee and deer show, which I mentioned to you in an email. We got to get you as a guest on. And um, people seem to really like that as well. So that's that's how you join the NDA. Well, thanks, Nick. And as we bring this podcast to an end, I want to encourage anyone who's listening to this to join the NDA. I think the information that you provide is invaluable. Your leadership uh, has been very important to this ongoing discussion. And as you and I would both agree that we're far from seeing the end of this issue. So uh, hunters, uh, uh, avail yourself to this very important uh, uh, resources. It's a great one. Nick, it's been wonderful having you on. Thank you for your leadership uh, on this issue. Uh, we are obviously committed to helping however we can with what you're doing. And uh, it's it's great to have someone uh, like you providing this leadership at this time. So thanks for being with us. And uh, uh, we look forward to uh, another one in the future. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Mike. I appreciate it.